What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to the Oracle Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oracle Fantasy Podcast. Coming to you live from Greensboro, North Kakalaki, where you will get all of your fantasy football needs. I'm here with your host, Brad Andrew. What's up, everybody? Also here with Jonathan Elliott, a.k.a. Sunshine. Just win, baby. And of course, you got your boy, Sean Tabato. Hello. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Oracle Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, check us out at the Oracle Pod on Twitter, at the Oracle Pod on Instagram. Also, check out our latest article on the Fantasy Sports Gaming Network. The FSGN.com has full draft analysis and breakdowns. We've been a long time in the making. Looking forward to being with you guys all year long. We're going to get right into it with. The NFL Draft, our rookie analysis, team impact, and outlooks. So we're breaking down all the fantasy implications. I'm going to do some summaries on each of the picks, then throw it over to my co-host to highlight the other fantasy-relevant players on each team and what we expect this year. So first up, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury comes in looking to revamp this entire offense. First pick consensus top quarterback in this year's draft kyler murray he is an absolutely electric runner with the ball in his hands he has crazy instincts crazy arm strength had one throw specifically that i watched on film versus alabama he's running full speed towards the line of scrimmage drops an absolute dime 60 yards down the field to a streaking wide receiver perfectly over the safeties and that shows he's got a cannon. He can he can get the accuracy. He's got a very high ceiling for fantasy. And he may be undersized with some room for improvement in the accuracy department. But he's going to seriously change what's going on over there. Next up, they added a couple wide receivers in the draft. Hakeem Butler, 6'5", 226. Massive catch radius. Just can get to any ball around you. Had some drop issues, but had terrible quarterback play in college and just just crushed it. And looks like he can be the man for that team. Andy Isabella, their next pick, 5'11", runs incredible routes, ran a 4-2-7 or a 4-3-1, depending on who you ask, at the combine. Crazy quickness. In the mold of a Julian Edelman, but he runs... he. It's not just a slot guy. He's going to be on the outside. He's got the quickness. He's one of the fastest players in the draft this year. And this offense is looking like it's going to be completely transformed. Added Marcus Gilbert on the offensive line. Added J.R. Sweezy. So we're looking up for that team, which was ugly to watch last year. Yeah, absolutely brutal. All right, everybody. I don't know about you, but when I think about the Arizona Cardinals, there's one guy that comes to mind right off gates. Jonathan, who might that guy be? Well, it's got to be David Johnson. Uh, David Johnson had a very rough year last year. 941 yards, seven touchdowns. 
Looking back at 2016, he had over 2,000 combined yards. We're looking to get him back on track with Cliff Kingsbury and his air raid offense coming out of Texas Tech. Hopefully with a better play calling and also with uh, Kyler Murray kind of opening things up coming from the quarterback position, we're looking for DJ to get back on top and get back into that top five running back range. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as Jonathan said, had a, had a little bit of a down year last year. You know, 941, seven touchdowns. Also had 446 uh, receiving yards to go along with three touchdowns. Finished RB10, uh, which under normal circumstances probably isn't that bad. But for DJ, like uh, my co-host said, you know, coming from a 2,000 all-scrimmage yards season not too long ago, um, you know, kind of a little bit of a down year for him, but obviously the whole Arizona Cardinals team in general just kind of took quite a hit. Um, so, you know, with the addition of Kyler Murray, we're expecting some electric things, and I'm hoping that'll uh, transfer into more open lanes for David Johnson. Uh, we also got a couple of wideouts to talk about. Obviously, they drafted a couple of rookies whose stats sounded pretty nice on paper. We'll have to see what that pans out to be. But, of course, they still got old man Larry over there. What do we expect for Larry there, Jonathan? Oh, hopefully with better quarterback play, Larry will increase his touchdowns this year. Larry only had, we're looking at six touchdowns, 734 yards last year. Hopefully with Kyler Murray, we can move the ball, get him into the red zone. Uh, these new rookies might take some of the pressure off him as well and then we're looking at the tight ends as well we got a lot of tight ends we're looking at ricky sill jones charles clay max williams was brought in it's not a tight end situation i'd look for when i'm drafting for fantasy but hopefully larry can get back on the board and get into wide receiver two territory yeah, absolutely. You know, finished as a wide receiver 32 last year. So you're looking at uh, a wide receiver three slash flex position around those numbers. So we'd like to see him jump up into the 25s. Uh, we also have Christian Kirk on the team, you know, had 590 receiving yards last year, three touchdowns. <clears throat> Wasn't a huge focal point in the offense. Um, and with the addition of the rookies, I expect him to take a big hit or at least a back seat to some of those rookies, try to give them an opportunity to see what they can do. Incredible draft. I thought for Cliff Kingsbury, DJ could sniff the top five and Kyler could sniff the top ten, but just more fun to watch. Absolutely. Next up, San Francisco 49ers. So they picked up Nick Bosa, who Bosa. many thought was the, the best player in this draft. Has some injury trouble in college. We know that his brother is already dominating for the Chargers. And the 49ers continue to stack their defensive line. They now have five first-round picks to choose from for their front four. Nick Bosa joins a line consisting of DeForest Buckner, who had 12 sacks last year. D. Ford comes over from Kansas City, had 13 sacks last year. They add Quan Alexander to the linebacking core, coming off an ACL tear, but is an elite linebacker, one of the best in the league. Secondary struggled last year, absolutely struggled, gave up a ton of touchdowns deep. They add Jason Verrett cornerback who has been injury plagued throughout his career but he is a shutdown corner and he is going to be alongside Richard Sherman in an up-and-coming defense 
So they are looking for that front four to dominate, that secondary to improve. Also added Debo Samuel, smaller wideout at 5'11", runs great routes, solid ball skills after the catch ability. You add two wide receivers in the draft. Debo Samuel's going to get a ton of work early. Jalen Hurd, 6'5", 226, started over Alvin Kamara briefly at Tennessee. 3,000 rushing yards. They add him as well in the draft. Uh, I know it is only our first podcast, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to go ahead and give you a hot take. I like the 49ers to be the number one defense next year. That may sound like a stretch to you, but man, when you add all these guys on the defensive line, you already have Richard Sherman in the secondary, and then you're going to go ahead and put Jason Verrett across from it. I don't see how this cannot be an absolutely dominant defense. Obviously, there's others in the league, but you know, that is my hot take for the day. Plenty of offensive guys to get into, so let's go ahead and see what we got on the offense. Looking at their offense this year, you're running the Shanahan offense. This will be his third year coaching, I believe, running that offense. He brings over Tevin Coleman. I'm going to let you get into Tevin Coleman, Sean, but he's got two years' experience under Shanahan's office, so... Those two years, he totaled 1,347 yards. He got 12 total touchdowns over that two-year stretch, and that's playing behind Vontae Freeman. Um, now he's going to be sharing that role with McKinnon and Matt Breida. Uh, my player to pick from this team is going to be George Kittle. Last year, 136 targets, 1,377 yards and five touchdowns, and that's with the carousel quarterbacks. We had a lot of injury. Uh, Jimmy G's getting better. Uh, rehab's going well with him and McKinnon right now. <clears throat> now they do have multiple different running backs. You're sitting with Breed over there. You still got McKinnon. But, you know, Tevin Coleman was the lead back last year for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he shared a little bit of workload with rookie Edo Smith, but ended up pretty much taking over that job after Devontae Freeman went down. Um, didn't absolutely ball out, but, you know, he shined enough to where I think they're going to give him the starting job over in the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he ended as RB17 last year. I would like to see him take a slight step up, maybe end up in that RB13 range. Now, whether or not he can do it remains to be seen, but I think he definitely has shown that he can be a lead back uh, given what happened last year. In Atlanta, and given some of the previous years, just the role that he's taken on when Freeman's gone down, obviously he's uh, injury prone. Um, what we got for wideouts on the Niners? What do we like? Well, the guy I like is Dante Pettis. Uh, he dealt with multiple injuries early on, but once the season got in, and he got comfortable. I mean, he had a four-game stretch of 338 yards, four touchdowns. This is a guy. If they're moving the ball, I'm looking at him at possible wide receiver two range. Then you got Marquise Goodwin. He's your deep play threat. He he struggled with inconsistency throughout the season. He's not the kind of guy that that I can play game to game. He's somebody you look for flyer game. Somebody to stream. Um, but hopefully everybody stays healthy this year. The offense has the potential to only improve from last year. All right, New York Jets. J e t s Jets Jets Jets. All right, we got Quinnen Williams, DT, Alabama. Absolutely dominant guy in the middle. Huge boost to that front seven. I fully expect him to be a superstar. They also add Ja'Kai Polite, 
Edge from Florida who dropped down in the second round was easily a first-round talent. He must be a nice guy. Very <laughs> polite guy. But had an offseason consisting of bad combine interviews, bad workouts, and weight issues. So before that, he was a top-edge prospect. Got the power, got the bend. He's going to do work. So we've always heard about this hype of the Jets' defense but Todd Bowles could never quite bring it together. So now they bring in Le'Veon Bell. They're going to try to finally put that defense together and add Le'Veon Bell to the situation. Yeah, you know, we got Le'Veon coming over from the Steelers, obviously, hold out last year. Um, the year before, here's my issue with Le'Veon Bell, and I know that me and Sunshine, we kind of uh, differentiate here slightly. My issue with Lev Bell is, uh, obviously, you're on the Steelers, so you're coming from a dominant offensive line, and you're going to the Jets, whose offensive line is suspect, to say the least. Um, not to mention that when he's been either suspended for, you know, obviously he's had his issues with the Mary Jane in the past. So when you've been suspended for those or um, injured or hasn't played in the preseason, missed workout, all those things, he's coming slow. Usually the first two to four games that he plays coming off either uh, suspension or missing off-season workouts. He started off a little slow. Now, obviously, it's Le'Veon Bell. He usually always picks it up and ends up having a solid season. But my issue is you're on a team with a worse offensive line and you're coming in not playing at all last year. I just don't know what he's going to look like the first few games. And with that terrible offensive line, I don't know if he can make it up like he has in the past. I understand. Yeah, we differ greatly on Le'Veon Bell. And, hey, if if you're the kind of guy that drafted Bell last year, you probably have a lot of issues with him. Here's the thing. I, I look at his year off as rest. He's going to come back ready to go. I got him projected as a possible top five back. You're getting a great deal when you're picking him on the turn. That's where he's going in ADP right now. I'm projecting him to get 300 touchdowns. I mean, 300 touches. <laughs> 300 touchdowns. So, man, that would be incredible. If he can get the ball about 300 times, I projected he can get about 16 to 1,700 total yards, probably 10 to 12 touchdowns. And that's, that's a great running back grab to get that uh, right there kind of at the turn of the second round. Um, they've, they've revamped, well, they, I wouldn't say they revamped, but they did trade and get a simile from the Raiders. He's going to be playing left guard. He was a pro bowler. That's going to help with that offensive line a little bit. The thing is the O-line, yeah, they're suspect. They're not the Steelers line. I can agree with you there. They're older guys. They don't have any of that, that rookie young talent coming in right now. If they can survive and not get injured, I think he can surprise a few people this year. So you got Darnold. They're looking for Darnold to take a big step forward this year. Uh, I think he takes a small step forward this year. I even saw Mark Sanchez on ESPN project them to go 13-2. and two, That's laughable. Which was insane. <laughs> I mean, he picked them to beat the Patriots. He picked them to beat the Steelers. It was just... Uh, a little too outlandish, dude. There's Sam Darnold looks like that guy from the Workaholics. If you're out there, you know what I'm talking about. These guys don't know what I'm talking about. But I just I can't take him seriously. I can't take quarterback seriously. I know he his rookie year last year, but he was third to last in the quarterback rating. He has 77.6. Oh, mm, that's brutal. I mean, you got Robbie Anderson, you got Quincy Anunwa, so you got some players. 
But I just think it's going to be a levy on offense. They are going to feed him the ball and rely on him. It He's never seen an offensive line that's not just absolutely dominant. So it remains to be seen what that's going to look like. But there's no doubt that he is the centerpiece. Absolutely. You know, um, you mentioned Robbie Anderson. I just want to touch on him briefly. Um, did have 752 receiving yards last year to go along with six touchdowns. Ended up as wide receiver 36. Now, with the addition of Le'Veon Bell, you would hope that that would open things up, and I do believe that it does slightly. Um, I like for him to jump up a little bit, try to get in that wide receiver 30 range. Honestly, I think he has the talent to where he could bust into possibly the top 20. Um, it just has, you know, remained to be seen what how Le'Veon Bell looks in this offense and, you know, whether or not Sam Darnold takes that step forward. Right. So Anderson's a little bit of a boomer bust guy. Struggled last year to stay healthy, was banged up, but had four big games to close out the season. All right. Next up, we got the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. Yes, sir. I know you guys are excited to talk about the I'm Raiders. I'm excited. Who so, are we getting? Who do we get? So... I was stoked to watch them in the NFL draft. They had Mike Mayock coming in at GM, who was known as this draft savant, just a guru making the picks. You got John Gruden with four draft picks in like the top 40, three in the first round. So everybody was looking to see, are they going to go quarterback? They knew We knew they wanted a running back. What do they do with that top 10 pick? They go Cleveland Farrell, defensive end out of Cleveland, out of Clemson with the first pick, which surprised a lot of people. He was not projected that high. They get their guy at Josh Jacobs from Alabama, who is an absolute monster with the stiff arm. He runs over people. When you watch film, if he gets to that second level, he is putting you on your ass for sure. Then they go Jonathan Abram, safety from Mississippi State. So they get their guy at edge. They get their guy at running back. They get a hard-hitting safety from Mississippi State. The most relevant fantasy player, obviously, here is Josh Jacobs. And he just looks like a violent runner in the mold of Marshawn Lynch. And he can catch passes. He didn't have the workload in college, but now he's going to have it. Crowell goes down with that Achilles and now it's looking like he's the guy. I mean, yeah, obviously you said that Josh Jacobs is the guy here, but you're forgetting it. They got Antonio Brown. They just got Antonio Brown. He is the guy. Antonio Brown is the guy they're going to build this offense around. So, I mean, yes, Josh Jacobs, obviously. Crow goes down. He's going to be the one. Carrying the workload, um, he's going to have a solid season. There's no doubt about it. You want this dude on your team. He's probably going to be the first rookie off the board. But we're talking Antonio Brown, baby. Yes, I'm excited about Antonio Brown. I, I, let me go in a little more depth about Joshua Jacobs. I always uh, looked at the tape. He, he reminds me of Frank Gore, maybe a young Frank Gore. Not super fast, uh, not real dynamic as far as evading tackles, but he's a smart runner. He The way he gets into his runs he seems to i don't see think he likes that comparison very much frank the tank i mean he just punched you in the face from <laughs> across the pond across the country 
I mean, that's a reputation to live up to. It, what I like about him also is, like you were saying earlier, I was seeing in the tape where not only is he catching passes, but he's catching passes kind of like Kareem Hunt was. Those over-the-shoulder passes. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to do for a running back. Really, really, really strong legs. He's hard to tackle. I think he's the guy that's going to be able to get it in when you get down to the red zone. Um, great vision again and very powerful guy. I'm, I'm thrilled to death that the Raiders have him as a Raiders fan. Absolutely. But like I said, it's A.B. baby. So we're looking at A.B. coming over from the Steelers. Had 1,300 receiving yards last year, 15 touchdowns. He had 169 targets, third most in the NFL. He finished as wide receiver two. Now, the big question is, obviously, you had, and uh, not Antonio Brown, excuse me, Big Ben throwing you the ball over in Pittsburgh, but now you got this gentleman name, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. What do we think about Derek Carr? Personally, I don't like him. I don't like him because... He showed He's the makings. The now. He showed the makings of a star a few years ago. He was the clear-cut MVP. MVP candidate. goes down obviously with that broken leg. What did he do since then? Downhill. QBR goes down every single year. QBR of forty-six last year was like twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth in the league. It's terrible. Just bad. His QBR in the red zone has plummeted each year as well. It's just and not it's been not like I mean, obviously he has more weapons around him this year, but it's not like he hasn't had weapons before. They had Cooper on the team. They had Cooper. Uh, the tight end. They had Jared Cook last year, who was the only one on the squad basically doing anything. I mean, Marshawn had a couple of good games, but overall throughout the year, he's the only one who consistently did anything. He's had the talent. He has more talent around him. A B arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. What do you think, Jonathan, about uh, Carr? I'm back and forth. I, I'm back and forth on this guy. I, I want to use an analogy with Carr that kind of comes from my car. I, I call my truck Big Bertha. And I, every, every winter, I love my truck because <laughs> what my truck gives me is heated seats. I get in the truck, and it works great. I can warm my butt. It's and reliable. happy as can be. It's reliable. It gets Absolutely. me there. But here's the thing. Come summertime... The heated seats just come on by themselves, and I can't turn them off. Here's the Ugh. thing. He's got skills, but I don't know if he always knows how to use them. So, I mean, I don't want to be stuck with the Raiders with this quarterback and just with a sweaty butt driving around town. <laughs> when I think of Carr, I, he, he seems to break down when the play breaks down. If he's throwing on time, kind of like Andy Dalton, if he – if you have a good offensive line that can give him enough time to let the play develop, and that's what Antonio Brown needs. He needs the play to develop. I worry about with Carr, he loves those quick, short passes, hike the ball, get rid of it right away. I'm wondering if that could be trouble down the road. But like you said earlier, a couple years ago, he was the MVP candidate. That's why I'm back and forth on this guy. Uh, obviously, the Raiders didn't draft a quarterback. They Gruden sees something in him. Gruden believes in him. Yeah, yeah, Gruden's a QB guy. Well, another one of his weapons is they brought in Tyrell Williams. I like he's a big guy. I mean, Tyrell Williams. Let's see here. He is. Thought I had his weight stats, but he he's a very big guy. This is going to be a guy that's going to be a decent red zone target. Unlike Amari Cooper, I think will be a bigger red zone target. Just looking over the last couple years between those two. I see a lot of comparisons, and I actually see more yards out of Terrell. Granted, he had Rivers throwing to him, but I think he's going to just be one more weapon for Carr. 
Yeah, I mean, we all remember, obviously, when um, Crabtree was on the team. He was an absolute red zone uh, animal. So you think Tyrell can can be that guy there? We'll see. Crabtree just seemed to be able to come down with the ball no matter where he threw it. Fair enough. But uh, all in all, you know, we we like the Raiders' outlooks. There's definitely some big-time fancy guys to take a look at there. Uh, So, yeah, definitely a better outlook than they had last year. Tyrell, 6'4", 205. That's so let's guy. look for that. Let's look for that offense to take a step forward. Absolutely. I love it. I still believe I'm a big Gruden believer. Big Gruden believer. Time will tell. Did not like his draft as much as I wanted to, but we'll see. Tampa Bay Bucks. So, the Bucks' biggest problem last year was defense. This year they draft Devin White, who has the potential to come in, be that quarterback for the defense. Freakishly athletic, one of the hardest hitters in the class. Everything you want in the locker room guy. So they go with Devin White. They draft three straight DBs after that. Most notably, two-time captain Mike Edwards, safety from Kentucky. So you got Bruce Arians coming in. You got Todd Bowles coming in to run the defense. And you have Byron Lefwich, an up-and-coming offensive mind, coming in to run that offense. So they bring the football knowledge to this team. The offense in total produced the overall QB2 last year. If you add Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis' numbers together, you get the QB2 behind Patrick Mahomes. So if Arians can help Jameis cut down on those turnovers, we're looking all right. We're getting some serious fantasy production. Gotta love that Fanny production. Fanny, Fanny, <laughs> Fanny. Jameis Winston being here. I, I, personally, I, I'm sad that Fitzmagic ended so tragically as it did last year. But, you know, maybe he'll do what he does uh, down in Miami. The magic is coming back. The baby. magic may continue. But Let's anyway, Jameis Winston, I personally have a problem with Jameis. Um, I just don't think he's their guy. Uh, obviously, they picked up his fifth-year option this year. He's still on his rookie deal. You know, you would have liked to, uh, if they had enough confidence in him, to sign him to some sort of a deal. Um, I'm just not certain that they're sold on him. He did have a couple of really big games last year, but then he did have a couple of really bad games last year, and it was just hot and cold as whether or not he was going to be the starter. Obviously, he was suspended for the first couple of games, but they did switch him and Fitz out uh, once, I believe, just because Jameis was not playing up to the potential they expected him to play up to, um, you know. But like I said, did have some solid games last year, so uh, time will tell. You still got you know Mike Evans on that team, had 1,500 receiving yards last year, eight touchdowns, ended up as wide receiver six, so that dude is an absolute animal and has been um, huge target over there. Definitely going to want to take a look at him, probably get him in the early second round if you're looking at wideouts then. Um, definitely a big target. They still got Godwin over there, looking at, 842 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, ended up as wide receiver 24. So they got a good group of receiving core dudes there. Real question mark on uh, running backs, and uh, the tight end over there looks pretty solid. What do you got about them, guy? All right, I'll start with the running backs. Uh, You got Ronald Jones. He was drafted last year. He didn't play much. Uh, Peyton Barber, to me, was nothing special, but if he can, if Bruce Arians can do what he did with DJ, it's not the same talent, but kind of create that role for a workhorse back like he did 
Uh, Peyton Barber's worth a look. Not for me, though. My main focus fantasy-wise on this team is going to be O.J. Howard. I expect significant improvement from him. I think the way Bruce Arians is going to use him is, is I know he plays tight end, but he's very athletic. He can make players miss downfield when he catches the ball. He can also block really well. When I think of a player he had like that, I know Larry Fitzgerald was a wide receiver who played in the slot, but Larry was also a really good blocker, and he was used heavily in this type of offense. And I look to see O.J. Howard kind of being that guy to get the third down, the guy that just to move the chains. Um, I I look at O.J. Howard as, as a possible steal in the draft and possible top five tight end for the year. That's going to be my hot take because I, I think he's that kind of tight end. Yeah, def- definitely important when you're a tight end um, to be able to block because then you're going to be able to stay on the field at in all situations. And, uh, you know, if the play breaks down and you're on the field as a tight end, obviously there's some uh, bonus for you to try to uh, grab a catch when the play breaks down in that little uh, scrambling drill. Yeah, but again, and back to the running backs, I don't know what to expect from this team with the running back situation. What do you, what do you think, Brad? I just... Uh, it's going to rely on the coaching. I mean, you look at everything from last year, and I don't know how to go out this. I don't know if it'll be a split role. Maybe they'll get Jones more involved. Or is Peyton Barber going to be the guy? Is that what they're The way Arians talks about this team, he talks about Barber as being the guy he wants to build an offense around. He talks about him being that big bruising back. He finishes RB26 last year. But the big thing with him was he only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. So that's not what you want to see. They drafted Ronald Jones high, but he has yet to show us anything. So I think Arians brings a lot more clarity to this offense. And overall, it's just a lot more clarity to everyone in their outlooks at, at each position. I think Jameis, is, he's given him a shot. Arians believes in him. I think Jameis has top five upside. He also has the ability to drop to QB 20. You just <laughs> never know. So last year, he had three bad games, a six, a nine, and a four. Okay. Fantasy points in the other games, 31, 20, 16, 23, 23, 19, 15, and 30. So he's got the potential. You just got to like cut a down. You'd like to see those 20s and 30s, though. Got to cut know, down on those, the turnovers. Those 15s and 16s, you know, pretty standard. You could probably find any of those guys on the wire on a week-to-week basis. But, you know, those 20s and 30s, man, those, those can definitely win you your week. So if you can get them on a 20 or 30s week, then you're looking pretty good. Absolutely. So you got Chris Godwin only played 64% of the snaps last year. He was wide receiver 24. He's one of the most hyped wide receivers I like Barber to stay the starter there, so we'll see what Arians does. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out at the Oracle Pod on Twitter, at the Oracle Pod on Instagram. Tune in next week as we get more into the NFL draft and the rookies and the impact on the league.
Thank <laughs> you.